to In Support of Families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is Holly Blanc Moses. She is a psychologist and behavior analyst with 20 years experience. Holly, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Well, and I'm glad to have you here. I've been following you on Facebook. Very impressed with what you're doing. Thank and I'm you. curious, how did you get into this? That is a good question. I, I am I'm a bit of a nerd, actually. I have loved to learn about behavior since I was really young, actually in elementary school. And I was just fascinated about, you know, why were other students doing this? Why were teachers doing this? Why were friends doing this? And I was just always fascinated by that. And when I learned about psychology, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I really wanted to do it forever um, that I can remember. I did want to be a veterinarian, I think, in first grade. But then, then I went straight into psychology after that. But also, my husband and I, we weren't you know, able to have kids the old-fashioned way. And so we had to figure out how that was going to work for us and our family and we ended up um, adopting actually through foster care. So I was already a behavior expert, which is fantastic because um, our kids are, are wired differently and they can be pretty tough. So we adopted our oldest when he was six and our youngest when he was one. And they're, they're pretty awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. So I understand in addition to your own first-hand practical experience raising two boys who are wired differently. You also have a coaching practice. I do. Yes, I have a private practice where I see patients, and then I also have a coaching practice and online courses as well because I know personally and professionally that parents of kids that are differently wired, they are so busy. You know, they are just running all around and it can be very overwhelming. So I also wanted to provide online courses for them as an option for their busy schedule. I've heard the saying, parent of a child with special needs does more research than the FBI. <laughs> I definitely believe that. Uh, yeah, I believe it too. So what comes up most frequently in your coaching and with your patients? You know... I think, oh gosh, there's so many things that come up, but what's kind of an interesting topic and a lot of people don't talk about is motivation. And I hear that come up in, you know, everyday conversations with my patients. I see that come up in my um, Wired Differently Facebook group quite a bit. Um, I also hear it a lot in IEP meetings is that, you know, if they were more motivated, or they're refusing to participate, or they're refusing to do math, or you know whatever that looks like. But the word refuse and be more motivated comes, they come up a lot. And so I thought, well, you know, that might be a really interesting topic to, to talk about today. It, it definitely is, and I agree with you. That is a key word at home and in school. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, not a lot of people know what that means. I think if you were to line up 
10 people and ask them the definition of motivation, you're going to get 10 different answers. So let's talk about even what that means, you know, before we start out. That way we're all on the same page. And basically motivation is to take action, having a reason to take action. And so, you know, when we break that down for the children we work with and the children I work with specifically are um, typically diagnosed with autism, ADHD, or both. So we have to, we have to look about how that works for them and what motivation means. So I think of it as an example So what if you were standing a hundred stories up in a skyscraper? So a hundred stories. That's pretty high, right? So you you are far from the ground for sure. And as you probably noticed before, skyscrapers often have these ceiling to floor glass windows. So we, you know, we see those often. So imagine that you are standing on that hundredth floor and you are right at that window, but the glass is gone. There is nothing there separating you from going straight over the edge. So you're standing on the edge and there is a tightrope. Okay. And it's going straight across to the next skyscraper. That's also at the hundredth floor. Okay. So It's also raining, by the way, and you're blindfolded. (laughs) Okay, so consider (laughs) that's a little scary, right? Not not feeling any motivation to get on that right now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you to just go across. You would be getting a a refusal from me. (laughs) You'd be getting, yeah, refusal to R word, right? So, but I told you to. So you should just do it. I don't think so. Yeah, you don't think so. Well, what if I gave you $10? Not enough. Not enough. What about a hundred? No. Okay. Well, the, the, the tightrope is actually between your building and the next building. It's a hundred feet. So what about a thousand dollars? Raining, blindfolded, no. No, okay. So you're saying to me that me just telling you to do it is not a reason enough to take action. Yes. In that situation. situation. And even $1,000 wouldn't be a big enough reason for you to walk across that rope, right? That's true. So, you know, we think about that a lot of the time is that we're constantly giving our children instructions to do things and we're, we're, we're puzzled as to why they're not doing it because they just should, because we're telling them to, but it really is so much more than that. And so we're talking about not only do you need a big enough reason, because I'm sure you've experienced you know, clients that you're working with them say, well, I offered a reward and they still wouldn't do it. Yes. Yes. Well, I offered you a thousand dollars and you still wouldn't do it. That's true. So it's not just about a big enough 
reason. That there, there does need to be a big enough reason, but it's more than that. So we have to figure out, okay, as scientists, not as emotional parents or teachers or therapists or whoever, we have to look at it like scientists. So, okay, we, we need a, a reward. That's part of the puzzle. Yes. But sometimes that doesn't even do it, right? Yeah. We're going to take another step back and we're going to talk about the part of going from uncomfortable to less uncomfortable, or I should say to, to more comfortable. That's probably better verbiage. Okay. So not only do you need a big enough reason to take action, you also need to become more comfortable if you take action. My thought is I would be asking, can I have like some kind of a safety harness or some kind of Interesting. So you're thinking about how, you know, if the reason was big enough, if say if say you've got a big bill coming and you need that thousand dollars, can I have, you know, can, can I have some kind of harness and a GoPro and make a video of it and be fun about it, right? So you're trying to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, that, it would, that I would feel safe. That you would feel or safer. Safer, <laughs> exactly. So you're saying, how can I be more comfortable and make this happen? Yeah. Well, Oftentimes what we don't see, the parts that we miss don't make sense to us on the surface. And that's why it's important for us to step back as scientists and look at the whole picture. So what if, you know, we're in an IEP meeting and we say, well, this, this child is struggling in math. And you write down as an objective that, you know, so-and-so is supposed to raise his hand and ask for help this many times. Well, what happens if it's uncomfortable not to know how to do the math problem for that child, but it's even more uncomfortable to raise your hand? Oh, that happens frequently. I've, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just one of many examples. So you have a child who has some social skills deficits, who's also anxious. Um, a lot of kids with different, you know, who are differently wired, social skills are a big issue for them. So if you say, well, just go up to them and make friends, right? Like go up and ask them to play. And that seems so simple to us. Yes, they're uncomfortable not having friends, but they're more, they're even more uncomfortable going up to people because they've been rejected so many times. For them, it's like getting on that tightrope. Absolutely. So, and we're puzzled as to why they just don't do what we tell them, right? And, and, and really, there's so much. It's about a big enough reason to take action. And we take action to be more comfortable. Yes. Okay, two key pieces that we always, almost always miss, right? Oh, yes. I, okay. I you know, that's a big aha for me. It really is. And, and, it's interesting when you put it in that perspective of looking at it in this way, like, wow, that does make so much sense. We wonder why kids who have learning disabilities, and I know this is, it comes up often for you, often avoid doing work. Maybe there's a written expression disorder. Maybe something else is happening for them. And it, maybe it's difficult for them to write. And then we're saying they're refusing to write. Yes. Or they're, you know, acting out in a way where they are having a challenging behavior. Well, that makes sense, right? 
Well, they can, they get asking them to be even more uncomfortable. Yes. And, and quite often they get labeled as lazy, just, Oh yes. Yes. Exactly. And that's not at all the case. We're just completely missing it. And then of course, what do they feel? They feel lazy. Uh They feel stupid. These are things that often come up with my patients and my coaching clients is that, you know, they're already feeling bad and then we make them feel worse, you know, by putting these sort of labels on them. And we also know, and I know you already know this, but kids that are wired differently are much more likely to also be diagnosed later with depression and anxiety. So, and you can definitely see if I am constantly yelling at you or you're in constant trouble for not walking across that tightrope. Right. Oh. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty awful. Oh yes. So let's take an example then kind of a real life example. And I'm sure for, <laughs> I'm sure for you, you hear about this a lot. I know I do. Homework is a huge problem. Oh yes. Huge problem for kids, for their parents. I mean, it's, it's tough stuff. And I actually, on my website right now, I have a freebie, um, download of, of actually how to, how to make homework work. So there's some a freebie guide for those who are interested um, on my website. But just to give you an example, let's think about that tightrope when it comes to homework. So, you know, maybe a mother or father or whoever says, okay, it's time for you to do your homework. And then you may get this huge reaction. Meltdown. You know, right? Yes. It's, oh, yes. It's too hard. It's, it'll take forever. I mean, they may even fall to the floor. There may be some screaming and crying. I mean, it's, it can be really big. And, you know, it, when we think about the things that we would think of when we're standing at that open window, right, when we feel what it would be like for us. And we're thinking about what it would be like in our body and our brain. I would think to me, this is impossible. Yes. Yeah. Right. This is impossible. I'm scared and I I'm going to fall. I'm, I'm gonna never going to make it. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. So I, I they have a lot of that happening when we give these instructions, when we, when we give these requests, they fall apart. And when they fall apart, they don't have the communication to let us know what's happening for them. They're just reacting to the feeling of impossible and scary. So basically what they're saying with our behavior is, you have given me an impossible request. Uh And for us, it just looks like challenging behavior. It looks like disrespect. It looks like refusal. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's how they're, I've seen that happen. They're viewed that way and we slap a label on them. Yeah. Right. I mean, because to us, a math worksheet or something else, maybe writing a sentence doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's it feels impossible for them. We're asking them to do the impossible. And so um, what we have to think about again how are we going to make this work for them? Yes. If they're thinking it's impossible and we're, you know, yelling at them, why aren't they, ta- you know, why aren't they going out on this tightrope blindfolded, 
on a wet day, yeah. 100 you know, stories up. So what we have to do is think, how can we support them in a way where they can be successful, where it doesn't feel impossible? If something feels impossible, you don't even want to start. That's true. Because surely you'll fail. Yeah. It'll take forever. Mm-hmm. And it'll end up in this massive, you know, arguments at home and, you know, meltdowns between the parent and the child. So what I want you to think about is being up on that hundred floor. What if I brought you down to the first floor? Okay. That's better. What if that tightrope was on the ground? Oh, even better. What if you had something really exciting as a reward on the other side? Yep, that would do it. That makes it doable. Oh, yes. That way, it's no longer impossible. It's no longer scary. You're going to leave where you are that's more comfortable. I'm asking you to do something that's uncomfortable, but now it becomes doable. Yes. So let's see what that looks like. That maybe showing them that it won't last forever. Oftentimes, and I'm sure that you hear this all the time, that'll take forever. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to get back to doing what I want. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm never going to live through this homework. (laughs) Because it really feels like that for them. It sounds dramatic to us, but to them it's real. Um, so it's understanding that, you know, making time visual, whether that's using the time timer plus, which I absolutely love. Maybe that is breaking down homework, um, in doable chunks. Maybe that looks like only doing half the homework that's assigned and getting a modification in the IEP, um, that, you know, they're going to do half or they're going to do every other question or you're going to be the scribe for them, or instead of them handwriting, if they have any fine motor difficulties. I mean, creatively, we could really figure out how to bring that rope down to the bottom floor. Yes. Um, And again, that makes it more doable for them. That could be breaks. And this is what I do. And I outline this in that freebie that I have on my website is how I do it with my own children is breaking it down for them, making it visual for them, making time this visual for them, um, timing the breaks that they have. Uh-huh. I mean, so many different things that we can do to make this doable. So we essentially, by changing what we do, we're making the impossible possible for them. And to me, the key is you begin by understanding their perspective. Absolutely. Yes. And that is key. If you are open to understanding, everything changes. Everything yes. does. For teachers, for parents, everything. everything. Yeah. Yes. Your relationships, your interactions with the students and your children and you know, it really can make the biggest difference in that child's life, the parent's life, the teacher's life. Yes. That is awesome. That is so powerful. I'm excited about, you know, talking about this topic. Because like I said, I think oftentimes we miss it. And it's easy to miss. Yes. Absolutely it is. Because again, on the surface, it seems like they're being very disrespectful. They're refusing. And that brings up 
physiological responses and in, in parents and teachers, right? Because we're only humans. Yes. So I feel like if once again, like you said, the understanding, that really is key. It makes sense. If we, yes. if we put it in a way that we can understand, it makes so much more sense. They're not just overreacting. Right. And, and a lot of time parents feel that pressure. I've got to be in control. If my child isn't doing their homework, it's on me. And it's just, a lot of pressure on parents. Yes, there really is. It really is. And, you know, and, and what's exciting is there's so many ways to make that better. Yes. And, you know, I think that there's not a lot of information out there to support parents. Not in this way that you have discussed, no. Exactly, and so that's why I'm thankful for this interview because even if one person, even if 10 people listen and, you know, they can think of this in a different way. Yes. It can also bring down parenting stress, which is yes. really exciting because, you know, as we already know, parents of differently wired children, their stress levels are literally off the charts. And I've done research. I actually did my undergraduate honors thesis on parenting stress. And yes. they're, it's, they literally are above and beyond parents of typically developing children. It's, it's amazing. Well, there, it's not. And I, my research shows that it is four times more expensive to raise a child with special needs than... Oh, I don't doubt that. Typical. And, and, yeah. and like you said, when you put on all of the additional stressors, including financial, yes, it can be just completely overwhelming. Yes. So anything that helps bring that stress down. So how do parents join your Facebook group? You mentioned a Facebook group. I do. And, and I'm just feel so kind of honored to, to be able to host this group. It's called Wired Differently, and it's for parents of children with autism, ADHD, and anxiety, and it's also for providers. Oftentimes, I'll go in and do a Facebook Live, which I like to support uh, members of the group in there. The group members are incredibly supportive of each other. Wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, there's probably, I think, 3,700 members right now. And I am every day just impressed with the love and the thoughtfulness. And, you know, again, everyone is incredibly supportive, um, which I really appreciate. So I would love for anyone who is listening, if they're interested in, in the group, is to look up uh, the Wire Differently group. And you'll see kind of me on the top. And it's just a great place to get information and support. It sounds positive, and that's what it really parents is. need. They need that positivity. I can put a link to your Facebook page on my website. Okay, I'll, be, I'll make sure to get that to you. And also your website. And here they can get more information on online courses and coaching. Is that correct? Anything else? That's right. And so for coaching, I found that my, my practice has a very long wait list. And I, I was thinking, how can I better support 
people who are waiting or people who their children already have treatment, but they're looking for more information. And also, how can I support special education teachers, physicians, parent coaches? I also coach them, right? Yes. So I do. And so what's it's exciting about that is to be able to offer a variety of services. So again, that would be whether you're getting my free information on my website or through my blog or through my emails, coaching, one-on-one coaching with me, that is we hit the ground running and make massive changes, which is really exciting. It's exciting for me. It's exciting for parents. It's exciting for professionals to be able to see these big differences they can make in um, a child's life. And then also the online courses. So I have two. I have one course where we can make massive improvements in behavior in only eight weeks, which is really exciting. So that's wired differently behavior strategies that work because I feel like parents, like you said, big time researchers, right? So true. What I find is let's cut through all of that. You don't have enough time. So breaking it down and these doable strategies where, where you can say, wow, this is so much better that it's condensed in a way that makes complete sense and is completely doable. Yes. Which I think a lot of times we're missing. That's true. Then I also have a online social skills course, which is very exciting. And it is that only two one hour videos and I walk parents step by step through how to help their children with social skills. And so my first video with a downloadable PDF comes with home and community. The second one is all focused on school. Because a lot of times, I and I think teachers are set up, and you could probably agree with this, teachers are supposed to be experts in everything, right? But, they, but we aren't. <laughs> but you're, nobody is. Nobody is an expert in everything. It's, it's, and I'm not, I'm not trained as a teacher. So I'm a psychologist and behavior analyst. So we all have our gifts and skills that we bring to the table. What I found was a lot of times there were these gaps in social skills where, you know, parents really wanted help with the social skills. Teachers were expected to know how to do it and they, they weren't effective plans in place. Yeah. So yeah. what I did was the second video is all about this is how to break it down completely. This is what you want in the IEP. This is how you put social skills training in place in school, which makes a massive difference. And so what's beautiful about that second guide is you can literally take it into an IEP meeting and say, this is what I want. Wow. And, and the teachers are so thankful too, because they're like, wow, this is great. We, we weren't sure how to move forward on this, but now we know. It makes their job easier. It makes their job easier. And ultimately the child is so much more socially successful. So it's, it's very exciting. I'm thinking of the huge benefit for these children, these students who no longer have to face that terrifying tightrope in the cold and rain, but now have something doable, 
They can feel some success, some competence. I'm, you know, and just their self-esteem goes oh, up and then they can do so much. Absolutely. So it's very exciting. I'm, I'm really honored to be able to share this information. And again, if you're interested in my coaching or my courses, um, I also do speaking events that's available as well. You know, please stop by and see me at hollyblancmoses.com. That is awesome. And I'll have those links to your Facebook group and your website. Holly, thank you so much for this valuable, valuable information. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.